was a girl named Jenny who was different from the rest. She wanted to fit in and tried her very best. But some kids who were bullies were always very mean. They hurt Jenny's feelings and even more it seems. Their words were very hurtful. Their actions made her blue. Why didn't they stop to realize that Jenny had feelings too? Jenny felt so lonely. It made her very sad to think that people could be so cruel. It also made her mad. Bullies may think they're funny and cool to their friends. How would they feel tables turned? Their mean actions would soon end. Every one of us is special in his or her own way. That's what we need to remember each and every day. Another episode of Outstanding Life Podcast with your friend, the Motivational Cowboy, and in the studio with me today, you've heard him on one of my other podcasts, Joshua Spears, in the house with me right now. What's up, Josh? Hey, Johnny. How you doing? Outstanding. Today, we are going to talk about something pretty serious, and I know that uh, with the last podcast that I did with you, you know, we talked about what you do, what mm-hmm. you speak about, uh, you being a, you know, a stay at home dad, but it went so well that now I want to dig deep into what you really speak about mm-hmm. to our kids at the different schools and not even schools, but even in the workplace. Sure. And that is bullying. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's something that has been around forever and it's probably going to always be there. Right. And uh, I appreciate you being mm-hmm. here talking about something really, really serious. And um, let's just get right into this, man. Sounds good. So so let, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Joshua, what is a bully? Well, that's, that's one of the things that a lot of times has to be cleared up because one act could be considered, some people would call it bullying, but in a lot of cases, that's just mean behavior. So there has to be a line between mean behavior, where someone does something one time, and bullying. So bullying is an imbalance of power between you know, two people that la- that's sustainable over a period of time, and it could be any different type of bullying. There's physical bullying, obviously, you know, physical attacks and hits and stuff like that. There's verbal bullying, which is very common, um, teasing and, and, and those type of things. And then there's also social bullying where you, you shun somebody out, you talk to other people not to include them. All three of those um, bring what bullying is to light. Um, it's something that's obviously a huge issue. It's what I've my passion is because I understand what a serious you know impact that can have on both the bully and the person being bullied. And it's something that is so prevalent today. And it's been prevalent, as you said earlier in your introduction, it's been around for a long time, but that doesn't mean that it's okay. And, and it's going to be around for a while, but that doesn't mean that we can't do something about it. Okay. So you talked about verbal bullying. Mm-hmm. You talked about social bullying, mm-hmm. um, physical bullying. Mm-hmm. Let's get into what actually these three, three things are. Like what is a verbal bully. Well, verbal bullying is, you know, teasing, name calling, inappropriate comments, taunting, threatening to cause somebody harm. Basically, you're you're throwing stones with your mouth, basically. Yep. Uh, that's what verbal bullying is. It's very very common form of bullying because it's it's less prevalent than physical bullying, but it's, it's just as effect, just as damaging to both people. Right. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, social bullying yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, some cultures, one thing they do to punish people is they shun them, you know. So if you have a young person who's in middle school, high school, and they're being ignored by people or they can never participate in events or they want to join a certain team and, and people go out of their way to make them feel unwelcome, that's that's very destructive. And that would be an example of social bullying is leaving them out on purpose, telling people not to hang out with somebody because of whatever reason, um, embarrassing them in public. That's so Social bullying. What about physical bullying? Physical bullying is the hitting, kicking, spitting, tripping, pushing, um, taking or breaking other people's things. Um, you know, being rude, being rude and nasty to somebody in a physical way. I mean, as a as a young person, I dealt with all those types of bullying. Um, the physical one, obviously, nowadays it's 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 we're much more aggressive with dealing with it than we were when we were kids, Johnny. But, yeah. But it's still a big issue. But all, all three of them revolve around people not treating people right. And, and that's, that's really at the root cause. You being a motivational speaker, and this is one of the things that you talk about, mm-hmm. 
this is your main theme is mm-hmm. bullying mm-hmm. and um and that and suicide and mm-hmm. why did you get into the speaking business for and to talk about bullying because I mean, were, were you bullied as a kid yes yes i, I was bullied constantly as a youngster I, I had i grew up in a dysfunctional home i was the fat kid i was the poor kid let me let me, yeah. let me just stop you there sure and i'm not being funny mm-hmm. but dude you're a big guy i mean it's like you yeah. you walked in, in into the studio you had to put your head down so who in the heck would bully somebody as big as you well or or, or did or did you like grow up all of a yeah. sudden after you know you were being bullied well the thing is that's a good question but if you're a second grader the fifth the eighth graders you know there was a, there was eighth graders that lived on my block and every time i w- went to the park they were always they were always harassing me and beating me up and and they would all get get around me and and they would make me do things they would do make me do things you know that were very embarrassing mm-hmm. um stuff that I don't even like to talk about because it hurts so much when I think about it. Um, but they, but yes, I was bigger. And then, you know, as, as I progressed through my childhood, I started to realize as I grew bigger that I became the judge, the jury and the executioner, that they're going to bully me. I'm going to do something back, which, you know, is a a common thought that a lot of us have about bullying is that's how we want to respond. But the problem is with me, Johnny, is I quickly went from someone defending themselves to being a bully myself. And, and that was another whole stage that I share with my audience is, you know, you can go from being bullied and then you, you react to certain things the wrong way and then you become a bully and you're inflicting pain out of your own pain. And that's right. a vicious, vicious cycle that if it doesn't get broken, it can be a recipe for misery. Well, let me ask you this, too. You have three kids. Yes. That are that are in school. Yes. And I know that I have a daughter. Mm hmm. And and I'll just say it. I mean, mean people suck. Yeah. But when it's happening to your daughter or to your son, mm-hmm. it hurts even more. Sure. And at some point, you have to start doing things right. And things right these days are different than things were right before. And right. me and you had talked about this prior to uh, the, the show, and that was... I, I mean, I remember... Being in fifth, sixth grade, and, and and you know being bullied, mm-hmm. and one day my dad put me you know in the car, and mm-hmm. we went to the bully's house. Yeah, and my dad took me out of the car, and he says you're gonna stick up for yourself. And my dad knocked on the door, and this guy came, and my dad says my name is Mike, and he says my name is Roy, and he says your son has a problem with mine. And we are going to watch them work it out right now because my mm-hmm. son is not going to come home anymore like this. Right. Your son is bullying my kid. Right. Either your son is going to kick the crap out of my son or my son's going to kick the crap out of your son. Right. Or they're going to fight, get it over with, but my son is not going to come home being bullied by your son anymore. Right. Do you know what happened, Josh? What's that? Not a darn thing. Really? That bully stopped Right then and there. Yeah. Because somebody poked him in the nose. Right. Somebody stood in front of him and said, mm-hmm. okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not always the right way to do things. Right. I understand that that was 30 years ago. Sure. Things are a lot different sure. these days. Everybody is hiding behind keyboards. Mm-hmm. There's cyber yeah. bullying. Yeah. That happens even in, in the workplace yeah. and in everyday life. Sure. People want to find <clears throat> mean things to say about people. Right. So how do you, as a as a speaker, go into the schools and walk that tightrope right. of conversation with these kids? Right. Well, the thing is, I mean, that, that makes... Does that make sense? It does make sense, because I have a very similar story about a, a, a young boy when I was a kid, and I was told the same thing. And, and, and you know, that, like you said, that was a long time ago. And, and now that's, that's not something that we would really ever advocate as far as how to deal with a bully, because... Mm-hmm. It does a couple of things. One, it puts, it creates more violence. It cre- it creates more pressure on that kid to, okay, so they're going to be physically mean to you. You have to be physically mean to them. And that's not a message that we want to send to our young right. people. I think that that's, that is a thought process that goes through a lot of our minds. But um, there's a lot of ways that you can stand up to that bully without 
doing doing that. And and then and there's another thing to think about too is that there's a lot of kids, Johnny, whose dad might not go over there and might not stand there and say, okay, we're going to settle this. And that kid might try to do that, and it might make it much worse. Well, absolutely, there might be a young a young kid who has no physical business trying to take on this bully, and he gets in his mind that he's going to stand up for himself, and it ends up being much worse. So that's why it's not something that while it is understandable that thought process, it's not something that would ever be, you know, condoned or suggested by me or anybody else who's driving bully prevention in schools. Right. No, and and, and yeah. absolutely. But I'm sure that there's a lot of li- listeners out there that have been through these yeah. these things. And, and 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 I think about somebody that that goes diving and I mean scuba diving mm-hmm. in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And when they come across a shark, mm-hmm. the shark is the bully. Yeah. You're always taught to poke them in the nose. Yeah. Because they'll go away and they won't come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how do you say that as a child, being one uh, bullied, mm-hmm. how do they stop somebody from bullying them? Well, the the biggest thing they have to realize is they're not alone. You know, that's the big the big problem that a lot of people have, and that's something that having an outside speaker, you know, can can do for an audience is you, you can have someone come in there who's been through it and they say, Hey, I can relate to this guy. Maybe I'm not alone. Cause that's the biggest problem. Most schools have, most parents have is the communication with, with the young people. So I would say that the, for the, the person being bullied is they have to tell somebody what's happening, whether it's mom, dad, you know, a, a parent, a teacher, they have to tell somebody what's going on so that they can, they can start getting some guidance and advice on how to, how to handle that situation. Joshua, mm. kids will be kids. Sure. So at what point as a, as a mother, as a father, mm-hmm. do you step in and say, okay, mm-hmm. enough's enough. Mm-hmm. This is not just kids being kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you like do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think you're going to have each situation is going to be different. You know, there are kids will be kids sections or or circumstances for sure, but there also has to be a point where you say, okay, this is enough. And I think that's where when you get back to the pure definition of bullying is if it's repetitive. So if it's repetitive over a period of time, then you can say, okay, my son's being bullied versus you know my son was playing basketball at recess and him and this kid got in a scuffle over a loose ball and it turned into that's not bullying right but if it's that that kid's that kid's taking his lunch money every day or he's you know i remember one time this kid put me up against the fence and he was choking me and he he did it every day on recess and and to the point where i felt like i was done you know i still remember looking in his eyes and finally i told somebody and then they kept an eye on that guy and he stopped doing it because he knew that they were you know not to make the kids a tattletale, but at the end of the day, you have to you have to communicate, and that's where our us as parents, you know. And I ran into a situation recently at the gym where my young boy, my eight year old, was was I could tell that these kids were picking on him, mm-hmm. and I stood and watched for a while. I stood there and I watched, and I could see the impact it was having on him. And then I went up to him and I said, "What that kid said doesn't mean anything. He's doing it because he's got a problem." and and I, I, so it's, it goes both ways. So parents have to ask a lot of questions, but ultimately that's what I come in with these kids and say, look, you're going to have the same could be said about suicide prevention is to open up those lines of communication. So they feel comfortable saying, Hey, you know what? This is a problem for me. And this is making me feel real bad. And this has been going on. And I've been scared to tell anybody because that kid feels alone. Cause when you're young, mm-hmm. you feel alone. And then you, you and I you both feel like know. you're the only one. Yes, and you and I both know that's not true. That's one of the biggest tricks. That's one of the biggest lies is you're all by yourself. No one cares. No one's going to do anything. No one's been through this. But the reality is, is there's all kinds of people who have been through it, and there's each school has steps and processes and how to deal with it, but those young people might not feel comfortable coming forward, and that's where you know, I try to really encourage them that you're not by yourself. There's a whole army of staff here waiting to help you. Yeah. Uh, so <clears> at... At what point, though, does even a staff member say, I got to start listening because mm-hmm. they're not kids being kids? Yeah. Well, it, it goes back to being, you know, is is it repeatable? Is it being repeated? You know, because yeah. the, there's going to be circumstances all throughout. My, my, one of my son, my son, his second week of school had a call home from the teacher to us that, that he punched somebody. 
You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, my kid's being a bully. I'm a bullying speaker, right? How does that make me look, you know? But the fact is, is him and the kid were wrestling and my son's bigger. And he, so he wasn't bullying him. It's just, he did that one thing. Mm -hmm. So the teacher made us aware. That's the first thing. So when there's situations like that, you have to act. I would err on the side of acting sooner rather than later. And not to say you want to overreact to everything, but that's where the challenge with educators, obviously they're all so busy and everything is to make sure they're having that open line of communications, not with just, not just with the students, but with the parents. And there's all kinds of apps, you know, young kids in school, like my, my my kids all have the class dojo. It's an app where the teacher can communicate back and forth. And those are things that the teacher. What was that app again? Class dojo. Okay. And, and so the, the teacher can communicate to us and we can communicate back without these elaborate notes home like when we were kids. So I'd say they, they react sooner rather than later, but it's really about opening that line of communication. And that's, that's I said, once I said before, that's the challenge that adults have when it comes to the youth is yeah. the communication. And, and, and that is huge. Communication is, is so big, and especially these days, because I don't personally believe that parents communicate with their kids like they did when we were being brought up. Parents these days, I believe, if they send a text message, that's okay. But you actually have to sit down and talk to your kids these days. Mm-hmm. I, I I found some, some stats, and I know you did as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you knew this, but one in seven students in grades K through 12 are either a bully or have been a victim of bullying. Yeah. One in seven students mm-hmm. in grades K through 12 are either a bully or have been a victim of bullying. Mm-hmm. Joshua, yeah. that's sad, man. Yeah. Listen to this one. An estimated, this one actually just burns my behind. An estimated 160,000, an estimated 160,000 U.S. children miss school every single day due to the fear of attack or intimidation by other students. That's it's jaw-dropping. 160,000 U.S. children miss school every single day mm-hmm. because mean people suck. Yeah, they do. They do. And it, that, that's it, that's why it's a big problem. I mean, it, yeah, those no, kids I are mean, those kids are missing out on that education for the day. One in seven. Think about that. That's 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 a that's a lot of kids. Listen you know? to this. Sixty four percent of children who were bullied did not even report it. Mm-hmm. Nearly seventy percent of students think schools respond poorly. Mm-hmm. To bullying. Mm-hmm. Nearly 70% of students think schools respond poorly to bullying. That's now that is not a bash on schools. No, let me that, tell you something. Yeah. I respect yeah. the educators. Mm-hmm. I have the utmost respect for teachers, principals, and everybody that works in the school system. Mm-hmm. But that just tells me that something is wrong. Right. That that we're missing something. Right. And Sometimes we have to fix that one little problem because obviously, like I said, nearly seventy percent of students think that schools respond poorly to bullying, and I and I, and I know that you found some some statistics as well. Well, the thing is, the the challenge there are a couple numbers. First of all, to any of the you know people listening, they're in education. That's the perception from these students and the statistics that we found. That right. doesn't mean that seventy percent of schools don't effectively deal with bullying. It's just that that perception, the perception, you know, and it's the same thing in the workplace. A lot of times, you're managing a perception as much as you're managing a fact. So that doesn't. It's mean, not easy because uh, I've been Johnny. I've spoke at conferences. I've spoke at you know, tons and tons and tons of schools and they all are about trying to fix bullying. The staff is, it's just one of those things that a lot of times, you know, because of the lack of communication with the student and and not bringing the two sides together, you know, that's one of the key things with the bullying prevention that's done on the evidence-based bullying prevention done in schools is, is they're, they're teaching kids how to, how to deal with these things. And it's just a great addition to what I do. Cause I come in and I break, break the chains and, and open up the lines of communication. Um, because, 
because that perception a lot of times is nowhere near the reality. I can certainly tell you that that number, out of all these numbers, that number is about their perception. It doesn't mean that they don't care because you know those principals and the counselors, they want to do anything they can to do it. I think the disconnect is between what the kids think they're doing and what they're doing, and that's where that communication comes in. The same, the big issue, like you said, with where you, you know, your parents talk to mm-hmm. my, your parents and or your parents talk to you and, you know, and that is, that is a problem, but that's one of those challenges that I think we all have to undertake as, as a parent, you know? Um, but as far as some of the other numbers, the 64 who were bullied did not report it. That makes you wonder how accurate the one in seven is. Right. I mean, if that, if that's the case, then the one in seven looks a lot more like a three out of three and a half out of seven. Yep. Because if half of them aren't reporting it, um, you know, it, it, it turns that number into a much bigger thing. And that, that's where, you know, there's a lot of that behavior that doesn't get reported. And as I said before, that's where you can, you know, open up that line of communication with your school and your students and say, hey, you know, we do support this. If you don't think that we, we want to hear about it, and if you think that you're wrong because you're reporting a bullying, you know, I'm telling you as, a, as a, the principal, you know, because I've never met a principal who wasn't passionate about stopping bullying. Hey, they all want to do it. And, and a lot of times that's why they're having, paying me to come and have, talk to their kids. Absolutely. And, and the reason why I found these stats <clears throat> is because mm-hmm. it is important, though. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, this one here, one out of every 10 students who drop out of school does so because of repeated bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's where, you know, it gets, it gets really discouraging for, for the school staff because they're trying to do everything they can do. And another one that's really interesting, which is something that I try to drive really hard when I'm talking to kids that I think is so important because it helped me a lot is when bystanders intervene, bullying stops within 10 seconds over half the time. That's amazing. Yes. And that's what I meant earlier by, by, by the a person hitting somebody in the nose, like not physically a person hitting somebody mm-hmm. in the nose, but I was talking about diving and mm-hmm. hitting the shark in the yeah. nose and he runs away. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? When you confront, when you confront a bully, yeah, he or she will stop within 10 seconds. Yeah. Well, a lot of times that bully Johnny is trying to get attention, you know, and, and that's where, not to make the bully sound like the victim in this situation because the child being bullied or the person or the, the coworker being bullied doesn't deserve it in any way. But the bully, and oftentimes, from my experience as a former bully and all the talks I've done and the people I've talked to, the bully is in a lot of cases a broken person themselves. Yeah. So they're doing that for attention, gratification. So if they're in a situation where there's a bunch of people around and they think, oh, I'm going to look cool bullying this kid, and they realize that this isn't going over well. These people aren't looking at me like, oh, he's so cool. They're looking at me like this guy's a jerk. Yeah. They're going to stop because they're, and that's where you want to try to change the culture in the school. And that's where, you know, reshaping how we see these things um, is, is so essential. Or they learned it from home. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that, you know, Johnny, to be honest with you, that's really important. I think it's something that I bring when I'm talking to these, these kids is that, these, the, the school wants to fix bullying, which is a huge problem, Absolutely. you know, suicide prevention. These are two main things that have me come in. But bullying, while it is a massive problem, it is also a symptom of other problems. So, for, for example, a large percentage of kids that are bullies are in homes where there's domestic violence. Right. So if you have a kid in your school who's consistently be being a bully, consistently being a bully, the challenge there is to get that child who's being the bully. You know, yeah, you need to stop the behavior. I understand that. The behavior must stop. But at the end of the day, why is that behavior happening? Right. Where are they learning it? And a lot of times what you're going to find is they're coming from a home and I'm, I, all the speaking you do and all the speaking I do, you run into situations all the time where people are in these these horrific home life and they, they come in. So that's not to say that the school owns all of that. It's just that there's a lot more than just this kid's mean. He learned it somewhere. Right. Absolutely. You know, either he was bullied as a kid himself or when he was younger or he has it going on at home. And that's where you really want to fix the the person that's bullying. You got to kind of dig a little bit deeper. Let me ask you this. Um, is it boys that do more bullying than girls or girls that do more bullying than guys? Like, like, like when you think of a bully, me personally, Mm -hmm. I think of boys. Right. Right. 
But there is a pretty big statistic right. with girls bullying other girls as well. Yeah, the numbers are really quite shocking. 83% of girls and 79% of boys report experiencing harassment. Wait wait a second. 83%? Yeah, so it's actually more prevalent with girls. Wow. Yes. I was totally wrong. Yeah. Totally yeah. wrong. Yeah. I, I I mean, in my mind, I think of a bully. I think of mm-hmm. of a boy or yeah. a man. Yeah, it might not be the physical. It you know, might it be might, more of the taunting, the, yeah. the talking, the social yeah. bullying. Yeah, yeah. L- let me ask you this: Things are a lot different these days than mm-hmm. they were when me and you grow up. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, they didn't even have cell phones back right. then. There is a thing now called social bullying. I see cyber, it all the time. Cyber or bull- cyber. Yeah, bullying. cyber bullying. Yeah, and in. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, it's amazing to me how somebody can sit behind a keyboard mm-hmm. and bully somebody. Mm-hmm. And it really, really can hurt somebody's feelings. Sure. And the challenge there too, I mean, there's a thing, a few steps we can get into, but as far as like defining the problem, think about when you were young, you know, and something happened on the playground. It was 15 people there watching right. it happen. Let's say Johnny was getting bullied and 15 people watched it. Well, then those 15 people might tell people. Well, nowadays with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that person might have seven, eight, nine hundred friends yeah. that they can they can they can harass you publicly like that. So that makes the the net for the pain that much bigger and the embarrassment that much bigger. And it also the frequency of it, because as you said before, you can hide behind a keyboard. Um, yep. And th- that doesn't make it any less dramatic. And in a lot of cases, it's just as damaging as regular bullying. You know what makes me so mad about? And, and, and I am, I'm getting fired up about this because it's not just with kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just with kids. Right. Right. It happens in colleges. Yeah. It happens in the workplace. Yep. And you were talking about this a couple of days ago mm-hmm. where you had a boss that would bully people. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in a major corporation, yeah. Yeah. one of the biggest corporations out there. Yeah. This man would bully people mm-hmm. and say mean things to yeah. him. It doesn't stop just in high school. Yeah. You don't graduate, uh, you know, uh, high school and then all of a sudden things stop. Right. Matter of fact, I think they get worse. Yeah. And me and you are in the inter- uh, in the entertainment business, and I think that even mm-hmm. it hurts because people will say things right. to us. Right. You may say one word wrong, and they're going to let you know it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's 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 that thing, just like with the boss I talked about, and the, you know, was we were getting ready for this podcast, the the, the person you discussed, you know, th- there's a lot of mess, broken people out there, Johnny. Yep. You know, as I mentioned earlier, like with domestic violence, that's one thing, but when it comes to people in the workplace, they they do it out of their own weakness, and I think that's the challenge that I bring to audiences in schools and in different groups when I'm talking about bullying is that if I'm going to give you a magic bullet that's going to eliminate the problem. That's just not a reality. The reality is, is people are always going to be mistreating other people. And the real trick is, is to start to redefine who we allow to define us and who we allow to influence us. I remember there was this one kid bullied me all the time in class and I said stuff to people and nothing happened. Finally, my stepdad told me to start laughing at him. And that sounds ridiculous, right? (laughs) right? I did. I did it, Johnny. I started laughing at him and it was amazing how they, they just they just stopped. Now, I was a big kid, and, and I didn't want to get in trouble in school because I had been in trouble in the past, so they were trying to get me to act out. But my point is is that when it comes to other people, there are always going to be people. There's going to be a new boss. There's going to be a new you know, um, CEO. There's going to be all these different people that we interact with on a consistent basis that will mistreat us. And if we allow a person mistreating us to destroy our self-image, destroy how we see ourselves, they're going to win the war of us. And that's the challenge is that not just not to say that obviously bullying is an issue, but ultimately as a as a, a person, we have to take responsibility of our self-image and not let other people shape it, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's in middle school and middle schooler that might be hard to learn. But as we grow up, we have to learn that. There's going to be people out there, and just because somebody's trolling you online, maybe they didn't like one of your talks, or maybe mm-hmm. they didn't like one of mine, that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good talk. <laughs> right. That just means that that person's got a problem. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. And that's where young people, especially teens, they don't have the perception that you and I do because we're older. So we can look back and say, well, I know that there's people like this, so it's no big deal. To that kid, it's so final, and that's why it can be so destructive. And it's... And it's okay 
not to know. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to know, and and it's okay not to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: How do you prevent bullying? And I mean, you know, parents, school staff, other caring adults have a role to play in preventing bullying. Right. I mean, we all have to listen, communicate. So at, at, at some point, we have to educate mm-hmm. our children. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a step further. Our friends. Mm-hmm. How do we prevent and educate them about bullying? Well, I, there, that's one thing that's really kind of neat over the last you know number of years with a lot of big national organizations and there's some local ones that they've doing doing a lot of you know training and and, and staff development on bullying um, and I've been to bullying conferences and so there the, but it all revolves around a few key themes um, and that as you said before education is the key to to all of it um, you know you can have someone come in you know like myself and it's great because I open up a lot of doors but there also has to be you know, some policies in place to teach and train and discuss this with kids. So helping them understand what is bullying, what isn't bullying. And then, and then as we discussed earlier, keeping the lines of communication open, that's a huge deal. Dude, I, dude, Joshua, I, all of a sudden I went from being mad Uh during this podcast and now I'm smiling because communication. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm. is to be able to call your friend, mm-hmm. text your friend, mm-hmm. email your friend, and just say, I need to talk to you. This is what I have going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for me, and I'm mm-hmm. in my mid-40s. Right. I can't even imagine what it's like to be a teenager these days. Right. But we have to communicate. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. You said it already mm-hmm. three times already. Mm-hmm. We're not alone. Mm-hmm. Nobody is alone, but you have to communicate so you're not alone. Right. It's okay to to pick up the phone and just say, "Hey, listen, I'm going through some things right now. So and so saying this, and so and so saying that." Yeah. People are always going to say mean things sure. about us. In certain times of our life, you could be doing and having your life completely perfect in your in your mind. But somebody will find a fault mm-hmm. in that because they're jealous. Yeah. And usually that's where it stems from is being mm-hmm. jealous about you. Yes. Absolutely. And there and therefore that's when the bullying starts. Yeah. And that's where all these mean things are being said because you do have it together. Mm-hmm. But it's tough tough to keep it together. Sure. One, I'll say it, you gotta have faith. Mm-hmm. Two, you gotta be able to communicate with the people that love you. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And that's the challenge with with, you know, you said earlier, you know, we've said several times about communication. But if there's, you know, parents listening, it's, you know, what does that dialogue look like with your son or daughter when they come home from school? I think from a parent perspective, what does that look like? And then, you know, from the kids perspective, um, you know, realizing that you're not alone, like I said before, and I've said it a couple times to you today, and I say it several times, but a lot of times the biggest misconception we have when it comes to dealing with things, whether it's bullying, depression, uh, um, a lot of different challenges that we have as people is you're all by yourself, nobody cares, no one's going to understand, and that's where the communication has, and sometimes having somebody come in who says, look, man, I know what this is like, I've been through it, this is what it was like for me, and this is what happened to me, and this is what I did about it, and this is what you can do about it, and you're not by yourself, and you can start a revolution, and you can you can take over the, the, the battle in your mind of all these people that are telling you these things, and sometimes it takes that, that, you know, Johnny, the, the kids that line up to talk to me after my talks. That's what it comes back to is finally someone said something that, that I, I can understand because, you know, I have it a... It triggers something. Yeah, it triggers trigger something. something. I can tell my son, my son's eight, not to say, to, to use a, a parent example all the time, but I can tell my son something eight or nine times. My mom or my wife can tell him eight or nine times. We go over to my mother-in-law's house. She says it once and it's the gospel. That's just how it is. I say that all the time. Yes. Yeah, so the teacher can say something over and over again. The counselor can say something over and over again. But you get an outside voice that, that can that can speak to that. You know that that's just one thing. And that's not to say that that's going to fix everything. But that's just one thing that that you know we pro- provide as a speaker is to try to open up that communication because there is a big big disconnect between what 
you know, the kids have going on and what they're telling their parents. And because a lot of time the kid feels uncomfortable because they have, they're believing that lie that they're all by themselves. Joshua, this is a perfect time that, um, I'm just going to say it. If you are listening right now, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you are maybe in the situation that we're talking about, you are outstanding. You may not have heard it today. I'm telling you that you matter. You mm-hmm. can make a difference. You are not alone. You know, I often talk about living the outstanding life. And if you look at the word outstanding, you say it backwards. It means to stand out, to rise above the rest and be a little bit different. If you're being bullied or people are saying mean things because you're different, then guess what? You're standing out. You can rise above the rest and be a little bit different. I'm telling you today that you are special. Sometimes we just need somebody in our ear to say that we are special. I am telling you today that you are special. I don't care if you're 10 years old, five years old, 33 years old, or 104 years old. I'm telling you that you matter. I'm telling you that you are outstanding. Sorry, Josh. I just had to, you know, because sometimes we need to let people know that they matter. Yeah. You know, that's something. It's okay to be flipping different too. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing I get my, my kids in in my, my talks, I get them on their feet and I have them chanting. I matter. I matter because there's something to be said. And I think my challenge to the listeners, Johnny, as you just told them that my challenge, if you're listening to your car, if you're if you're riding the bike at you know out, out out on a trail somewhere, if you're jogging, listening to this, stop what you're doing for a second and say, "I matter, I matter." Say it with passion and just watch how much better you start to feel as you as you control the words coming out of your mouth, saying that you matter because everything Johnny said is true. And the the thing is, is if we don't if when we say it and we we put words. We give our thoughts power by making them words. So if we say we matter, you know, that would be my challenge to to do that because there's a lot of people out there, Johnny, that just feel like they don't matter. And you and I both know they feel that's like they're a lie. Alone. Absolutely. They do. Absolutely. And I, and if you are listening right now, and I and I'm probably gonna say this multiple times today, and Joshua, when I'm done, you can chime in here too. But I'm telling you right now that you can reach out to me at motivationalcowboy.com. My email is Johnny D, J-O-H-N-N-Y-D, at Motivational Cowboy. My Twitter is MC Johnny D number four. Listen, however you need to get a hold of me, my phone number is on my website. If you need me, I'm there for you. Let me, re- let me repeat it. If you need me, I am there for you. That's that's great, John. And I, I the the challenge with all those those folks too is, you know, if you you know reach out, you just got Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, giving you his his contact information. So the fact that you don't have anyone to talk to about it, just that excuse just got taken away. And what's and, yours? Uh, mine, my email is Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A at joshuaspears.com. Um, you know, you can reach out to me. There's also contact forms on my website, joshuaspears.com. And then also, you know, if you want to look at in your school, you know, is there a teacher you can talk to? Is there a, a principal you can talk to? There is somebody you can talk to. And, and, and what, if you're a parent, you know, get your school directory and look at, look at, if, if you don't want to talk to us, you know, we're here for you, but you can talk to those people as well. Um, because ultimately how many times, Johnny, have we, whether you said it or I said it, communication and education, those are the two keys to this whole challenging issue. You know, I, you've heard me say it before. I never want to be the whole wheel. I just Mm want to be a spoke in the wheel. I want to be something that holds something together. Mm -hmm. You know, we often talk about, you know, kids being alone, adults being alone. You know, I encourage people, not just kids, to do what they love. Mm-hmm. Go to to special activities. Mm-hmm. Find find like interesting things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, have hobbies. Mm-hmm. All that can boost confidence. Mm-hmm. You need to have confidence in yourself. Right. You know, help somebody else find their passion. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that that's part of the whole thing is having confidence mm-hmm. to be able to look in the mirror every single day. Right. And say you're outstanding. Right. That's the hardest right. thing for people to do is say, you know what? I'm outstanding. Yeah. yeah. I matter. Just yeah. like you say, you know, but you need to have the confidence in yourself mm-hmm. to do whatever it may be. What I like to do may not be what you like to do. Right. And for those that are listening that are a bully, guess what? Those people you may be uh, working for one day yeah. and a that lot of you're cases, bullying. Yeah. It's like I saw something that Bill Gates said recently. Or he didn't say it recently. It was a post that says, you better be nice to nerds when you're young because you'll probably be working for one in the future. <laughs> um you know, that, then that's the thing you talk about, you know, how how looking in the mirror, it's such a hard thing to do. And I think that in you were talking earlier about how you matter, but to be human is to feel inferior. You know, I, I've listened to a lot of speakers over the years. I've read a lot of biographies as I work to, to fix myself from my childhood. And one thing that I've learned is that people, no matter how high up they go, they still struggle with that insecurity of feeling like, am I capable? Am I, am I good enough today to be a good dad? Am I good enough to get do well in school? It's normal to feel those feelings, and and that fear is an is is a liar, and and that fear will 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 corner us and make us think that we're all by ourselves. And and the thing that Johnny was mentioning earlier about getting out and doing things, a lot of times to avoid you know the social bullying is to leave people out of clubs and stuff like that. But if you're in a band and you feel uncomfortable because there are certain people, go to band anyway and communicate those issues because that band that that that's going to be something you could be really good at. It could help you focus in school. It could help make make you you maybe you you go do it in college. Maybe you just have fun doing it. Maybe it's just something you do to relieve stress. But either way, you can't let how someone else acts or someone else treats you control what you do or don't do. Because as you know, Johnny, you have hobbies. We talk about riding your mountain bike or you know doing different things. You know, and I and I do as well. Is that you have to be able to be yourself and a bully. In this, in this scenario we're talking about, if we allow them to control who we are and how we see ourselves, then they're going to ultimately steal our ability to be ourselves. And, that, and that's where it gets even more difficult to look in the mirror and feel like you can say you matter. So that's where you, you got to make sure that you're doing what you want to do regardless, because th- those people will win if you stop. Check this out. You're a father. I'm a father. Yeah. There are fathers and mothers listening to us right now. Listen to this. Research tells us that children really do look to their parents and caregivers for advice to to, to help them through mm-hmm. tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Research tells us mm-hmm. that kids are looking for our advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes spending only 15 minutes a day talking can reassure kids that they can talk to their parents mm-hmm. if they have a problem. Mm-hmm. Kids just want to be reassured that their parents want to talk to right. them. Not texting. I'm talking about communicating. Right. I'm talking about not an email. I'm talking about calling. Right. Start a conversation with your kids today. Mm-hmm. Every single day. Ask them questions like, hey, how was your day? Mm-hmm. Any good things happen today? Any bad things happen today? And let me tell you, when when I read that, I think of myself to this day. I find time every day to just communicate with my 26-year-old daughter. Right. Every day. Parents don't communicate like they should. I, I, I'll put it out there. And, mm-hmm. and I find myself at times mm-hmm. being one of those parents. Well, I force myself, even if I have to write it down mm-hmm. at this time, call my mm-hmm. daughter because I get busy. Mm-hmm. I get things going on. I get it. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not throwing the blame game. I'm one of them. I'm yeah. a parent. I can say it because it happens. Yeah. And I'm sure that you do. Yeah. It's hard to sit down with three kids and, and, and have a conversation when you're trying to clean the house, cook dinner, mm-hmm. play with toys, find your own time, yeah. and then love on your wife a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the thing is, is we're, we're talking to parents is that, you know, 
that that communication has to be, as Johnny said, strategic because you and I both know that you got you got school, you got sports for the kids, you gotta you gotta do your lawn work, you gotta do your housework, you got all these different things. And and I know even as a stay at home dad, when I'm not out speaking, is that that can be a challenge because you're like I gotta do this and this and this. And sometimes you have to, like Johnny said, make make it strategic because nothing of value comes completely by accident. You don't accidentally have a great relationship with your kids. You don't accidentally have a great marriage. You strategically say, I have to make sure I'm investing. And what I run into a lot, Johnny, which is really a challenge for me is a lot of times people reach out to me on social media or email and they'll say, Hey Josh, my son's really struggling with depression and having all these problems with bullies and he just won't talk to me. And I understand and I, and I, and I walk them through things to do. And sometimes I meet with their kids if they really, if they ask me to, cause I'm all about trying to help people. Yeah. But the problem is, is to our listeners, you might be in that boat, but you also might have kids, oh, everything's fine. But the, the trick is, is to get that pattern of behavior of communication started as early as possible and maintain it as long as possible. Because if you're still talking to your daughter at 26, you know, I have an eight, a six and a two year old. You know, I can't just one day they're having problems at school and I expect them to just tell me everything. If I've been, if I've been, you know, haven't been paying any attention to them, I haven't been spending time with them. That's not to say that we're bad parents. It just says that sometimes we're not focusing on something until it's a real problem. So if we're strategic about it all the time, it develops that habit of saying, you know what, I can talk to mom and dad about this because they really care versus, well, they don't care because they're always doing this or that. Now, that's not to make parents that are busy out there feel bad. It's just that's a challenge that every parent has. We all have that. I have kids. Johnny has. We have the same challenge, but we have to be strategic about it. So if you're if you have kids, making sure that say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a point. Whether it's right before with my stepdad growing up, I grew up in a very messed up situation. My stepdad was instrumental in changing my life. And I did so many things to this man. I, I smashed stuff on his house. I, I I did all kinds of things. I got in trouble with the law and he had to go to the go to the jailhouse and bail me out and all these crazy things. But no matter what I did every day at nine o'clock, it was my bedtime. I know that's early, but all the way through high school, no matter what I did, if I was being grounded, if I was in trouble, if he just got done having to bail me out of something, he would come in and ask me about my day. And I never understood that as at first because my my dad was was much different. But it was every day at nine o'clock. I knew that he was going to come in, no matter what I did, no matter how mad he was with me or frustrated he was with me. He was going to come in, and and I'll tell you, Johnny, that 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 has made me a better father because now I try to do that with my kids. Um, I got a little teared up there. Sometimes parents need to be told. Mm-hmm what to ask. Yeah. I didn't just become a good parent because I didn't listen to other good parents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise our kids will not answer mm-hmm. what we really want mm-hmm. and what we're trying to ask. Mm-hmm. It's okay to to ask your your children. Ask them, "Hey, what good happened today?" Yeah. "What bad happened today?" Right. You know, ask them um, was lunchtime good today? Yeah, it's okay to ask these something that that seems so simple. Maybe that that one trigger mm-hmm. that your kids need mm-hmm. for them to open up to you about something that's going on. Can I interject real quick? Yeah, there, Johnny? absolutely. One trap that that I that I think we all fall into. You probably fall into it too. Is that a lot of parents are like? Well, I try to do that, and and they don't respond. And then because what happens a lot of times as a parent is we'll ask a child a question about that. And then we'll give them a dissertation about what they should do, what they shouldn't do, how they should act. This is what you need to do this, this, and this. My challenge to the parents listening is to get the child talking and keep them talking and, and keep, keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth shut and <laughs> keep, keep asking them questions. Right. And, and if you, if you want, if you want to get them to a certain destination with what you're thinking, like you think they should do something a certain way, ask them questions that are going to get your thought coming out of their mouth and they're going to buy into it a lot faster than if you preach to them. People love to be told stories. Yes. People learn from stories. You're a professional storyteller. Yes. I'm a spoken word professional speaker. Sure. That's what we do. Sure. Okay. So we share stories with people. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Parents have 
tons mm-hmm. of great stories to mm-hmm. tell their kids. Sure. To say, you know what? I know what you're feeling. Right. And just share that and say, it's okay. Ask your kids. You know, another great question. Ask them, hey, who do you sit with at lunch? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys talk about? Yeah. Who do you sit with on the bus? Mm-hmm. What do you talk about? Mm-hmm. I, I know that this sounds so simple, but let me tell you something. If nobody ever told me what to ask my daughter, yeah. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I'm telling you right now that these are little things. Well, and one you thing know, too is, you, you, you know, no, just another great thing is ask your kids. Yeah. What are you good at? Yeah. You may, you may not even know what your son or daughter is good at. Right. Because they might have a passion that they're scared to tell you mm-hmm. what it is. They may love love to sing. Yeah. They may love to paint. Yep. They may. I mean, I don't know what what it is, but you know, talk to them. Yeah. One thing too that you know, just as, as you said, don't be afraid to ask those questions. I mean, those are all really good things that you want to ask your kids. But you also have to realize, Johnny, that in these scenarios, if we're if we we don't have that relationship, and then all of a sudden we listen to this podcast and we go home and we start saying, "Hey, how was your day? How who'd you sit with?" Those are great questions. Yeah, those are great questions. And if you ask them the first time and you don't get an answer, don't stop because people that 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 young person is thinking. And why are they drilling me? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with how I said? I don't have a problem. What's it? Why don't they just leave me alone? I want to get back on my phone. I want to do. That's normal. If your kid does that, I'm just letting you know that that's proof to me that they're probably pretty normal. You know what I mean, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. They're not going to just all of a sudden do it. And that's why, you know, it, it, you know, starting that routine as early as you can and, and sticking with and say, hey, you know, m- you know, to to Joey so and so, my son, you know, hey, you know, l- let's let's at five fifteen every day. Let's let's talk for ten minutes. Yeah. You know, and, and let's talk for ten minutes. I'm, and 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 let, let's make an appointment. You know, you get out of practice at five, and then I pick you up at five oh five, and we'll, that ride home. Let's make sure we're not on our phones. Let's not have the radio on. I want to know what's going on and, and, and make it strategic because if you just come in and say, ask her asking these questions, when I was a teen and I see and work with a lot of teens, they're going to think, what's this guy's problem? But over a period of time, they'll develop, you, they have to develop that trust to be able to say that. And that's going to take a little bit of time to build just to be encouraged. If, if it doesn't take off the first time, you have to prove yourself. Exactly. So Respect is not just given, it's earned. Right. So this has nothing to do with bullying, mm-hmm. but it has everything to do with somebody listening to you. Mm-hmm. I went through a really tough time, and I went through a divorce, and I had to move back home. And this was many, many, many years ago. And um, every day, I'd come home, and my dad would be off work, and he'd be sitting on the sofa, and he'd be like, Hey, how was work today? And I'd be like, outstanding, Dad. Thank you so much for taking the time to ask. And he, first thing, shut up. I'm not the people from work. Okay? Yeah. Months went by. One day, life got the best of me. I walked in the house. My dad would say, hey, how was work? I said, oh, it was okay. And yeah. I walked in my room. My mom and dad, within seconds, barged into my room. Yeah. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I looked at my dad. I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. And mom, what are you talking about? Yeah. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. Why do you guys think that there's something wrong with me? Right. My dad said to me, well, you didn't say that stupid word outstanding. Yeah. My dad had been listening to me for three months. Yeah. You didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Yeah. Even when you think your kids are not listening, mm-hmm. guess what? They're listening. Yeah. The mic is always on and the curtain's always open, as Zig Ziglar said. Absolutely. You know? You know, and, and, and you've heard me say it again, mm-hmm. and I'll say it, you know, life is 10%, yeah. of, life is 10% of what happens to us yeah. and 90% of how you react to it. Well, that's the thing, just kind of, you know, as we talk, you know, the, bu- the the bullying on this podcast, and I know we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, parents, you know, talking to kids and the communication, and we're not sitting here saying bullying over and over and over again, because as we said before, when we talked about bullying, a lot of times it's a symptom of an issue. And and if you have a young person who's dealing with this issue, we're, we're talking so extensively about this communication piece, because it's going to give you the answers to the test. 
test, so to speak, as a parent, if you're dealing with it, as well as if you're a teacher. So that's why we're spending so much time talking about communication, because when they hire Johnny to come and talk to CEOs, or if they hire me to come and talk to high school, I'm coming there as a communicator to communicate and, 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 and to share a message. And that's why while we're talking about bullying on this podcast, it's important to know that you on the ground in your life, whether you're in the workplace or whether you're dealing with this situation with your kids or you're a, a, a kid listening who, who has been bullied, that communication, that's why we're talking about it so much because it really is the key to fixing this whole thing is to understand that stuff. You know, it's funny you said that because talking about bullying directly is an important step in understanding mm-hmm. how the issue might be affecting each and every one of us. Well, sure. I mean that that's a that's that's where you know you gotta you gotta bring that stuff up. And a lot of times the young person isn't gonna want to talk about it. And that's why a lot of times a school will have an assembly or they'll have programming because they want to bring it to light. And that's the same issue that schools have with suicide too. There's things they just don't want to talk about it because it's icky or it, it makes people feel comfortable or the principal doesn't understand. You know, there's there's that, that talking about it brings it to light and it shares with what people what it is. This is so simple but so crazy. Ask somebody that you care about, what does bullying mean to them? Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you that bullying to you and to me and to maybe somebody else might yeah. be completely different. Right. right, It might be the same, but all different in, in, in our minds because right. of the way that we were raised. Right. You know, it's okay to ask your children about bullying. Sure. It's okay. You're not putting things in their head. Right. You're asking questions. Right. It's okay to ask questions, describe what kids who bully are like. Mm-hmm. Ask the parent, or mm-hmm. if you're a parent, ask your children that. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Describe what kids who are bullying are like. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why do they think that 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 people are bullies? Right. It's okay to ask right. your children about this stuff. Well, you want to ask yeah. your children. That discussion, that discussion has to happen. And one thing that I, you know, as I talk to people, you know, superintendents and, you know, different, different principals over the years is there's that line that gets blurred, as I said before. And that's why it's important. You know, there, there's mean behavior. There's that scuffle on the basketball court we talked about earlier. And then there's bullying and it comes back to defining what it is. Now, mean behavior is not acceptable either. That's not acceptable either. It, it's it really, but bullying gets used in a lot of different ways that it might not be relevant. It might not be bullying. It might be just a situation. Um, but as you just so so greatly said, communication, and it's okay to have those discussions. If you have a, a your child comes home and they're all of a sudden they don't ever want to mess with their device, or you notice that they turned off their Facebook account, and then all of a sudden every time they're on their phone they look like they're real sad or they're crying. That, those are some signs, friends, that, that that child might be you know being bullied online, or if they come home and they're they don't want to go to practice and they used to love to go to practice. Those are things that you. You can look look for, um, you know, that'll get you asking more questions. But even if you don't see that, get that habit of asking questions. Get out in front of it. And you know what? There are simple ways that parents and caregivers can keep up day to day with their kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And you're asking how? I'm going to tell you, Joshua. Well, you know what? One, read. Parents, read the newsletters that the school gives you. Read the flyers that they email to you. Read the stuff at the school. Talk about that kind of stuff at home with your kids. Mm-hmm. That's not easy because I'm, I'm one that you get the email and you and, and you delete it. Right. Exactly. So so these are things that I'm, I'm telling you, it's not always easy, but read the newsletters, read the flyers, check the school websites. Right. Check this website. Yeah. You know, go to the events that the school is is providing yeah. for you. Be engaged. Yeah, be engaged. Greet the bus driver. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It might be a little bit weird for your kid to be walked up to the bus with, with your parent, but I guarantee you, 
your kids gonna be like, hey, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that that was my mom. That yeah. was my dad. It's okay to greet the bus drivers. Yeah. Me and you just and Sonia just just spoke for seven hundred bus drivers. Yes. They want to they want to interact with the parents. Yes. They want those kind of things. Meet the teachers. Now, I don't want to say you don't have to be best friends with these people, but at least meet the teachers that yeah. that, that 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 are teaching your kids. Right. Yeah. Um. And and, and go to the back to school stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a great friend of mine that she can't go. You know, to the back to school mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, assembly with her daughter. But guess who's what? Guess what? I'm going. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going. And you know what? I'm geeked about it because I'm excited that right. that she gets to walk right. in with, with with a positive role model. You know, um, share phone numbers mm-hmm. with other parents. Mm-hmm. It's okay to communicate. Folks, you need to communicate. It's not, this is not just a one thing that is going to fix everything. It's little things that you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's right, Johnny. You know, that, that's the thing I just got done today, actually. I went to meet the teacher and I got it, you know, with my, with my kids as they start school. And if you think about, put yourself in a situation as that teacher, and then you have this parent who's very engaged, who's asking good questions, who's really concerned, okay, so how's this going? And how's this going? And how long have you been here? And they really care about you as a teacher. You're going to be if you're that teacher, you're going to be much more engaged. Okay. So this is his son or his daughter or his, her, you know, they're, you're going to be much more engaged in trying to help that kid. So you're going to, the, the better that relationship is, and that relationship is going to grow through all the things you just discussed, Johnny, going to all those events, going to those things is very important. Some of us can't, some of us have work obligations, but as you said, you can find someone else to go and then you can talk to that parent and say, Hey, this is big thing going on. This is new because the schools are doing so many things, Johnny, they're, they're putting stuff in the newsletter. They're having back to school events. They're doing all of these things to respond to parents saying, Hey, you guys need to do some stuff about these things. And as a parent, you need to participate in that. Don't wait until there's a problem. Does that make sense? Where the, you're, you're given this, you're at, we're at, asking schools to do so many different things and they're trying to do it. And if us as parents don't participate, then we're, we're not really, you know, giving the school credit for doing what they're trying to do to make our, our child's uh, education system better. You know, it, it, it's funny. And we're going to wrap this up because we literally have about two or three minutes, mm-hmm. but teachers and school staff have a huge role to play. Yes. But there's more. Mm-hmm. There's friends. Encourage your friends. Mm-hmm. Encourage a total stranger. And, and what I mean by that is encourage kids and adults to do what they love mm-hmm. to do. It is not just the teacher's mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. It is not just the parent's problem. Mm-hmm. It is everybody's problem. Mm-hmm. It is everybody's obligation to, to help somebody else achieve something that they're working so hard mm-hmm. for or might not even know that 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 they know about i mean right. i don't i don't even know what i'm talking about but, right. but but i mean a kid doesn't always know exactly what inspires them mm-hmm. it's our jobs as just everyday people to encourage others to just help somebody right and it's it- if, if you think about it from this perspective, Johnny, to, just to, to piggyback on what you're saying, is to a lot of the people listening, you say, hey, you know what? My son, my daughter, they don't have a bullying problem. They don't get bullied and they don't play a role. Well, my challenge to you and to the people listening is ask your kids, do you see other people doing this? What 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 can you, your, your son or daughter may not be dealing with this issue, but can they be a soft place to land for that kid that is? Could they be the person that goes to the principal and says, hey, look, I see this every day on the bus. And this kid is scared to say something. I'm coming to say something. And the, the term for that person is an upstander because they're standing up for somebody who, who, who needs it. And as we said before, that is a key role. So whether your child's being bullied or they're not, there's a, there's a big takeaway that your, your child might not be in that scenario, but maybe work with them through these discussions we're talking about to say, Hey, you know what, do you see these issues? And, and what do you think? And then say, don't you, do you realize that you have the power as someone that's sitting in that classroom to squash it or to report it? And, and, and that's, that's all about 
a term I like, Johnny, I don't know if you ever heard the term positive peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Positive peer pressure where I say, you know what? We don't stand for that here. And that, and once you get enough of that going on in a school or a workplace, you know, that bully becomes, you know, extinct fast because he doesn't have an audience anymore. So, you know, it's funny, uh, encourage kids and adults uh -huh. to do what they love to do. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with bullying. Wrong. Yeah. That builds confidence. Yep. And confidence means that they can eventually stand up to somebody that is bullying mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. It all stems back to somebody believing in themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what a bully strips from them, too. Absolutely. They strip from them how they see themselves, their self-image, all those different things. So by encouraging them to do that, you're building that up. So that if a bull, you know, like you, if someone says something to you online, you're like, well, I know. But that young kid might not know that that person's basically saying lies. You know, they might not they, they might not realize that. And so by building the self-image, and that's one thing I talk about in my programs is not just what bullying is and, and the statistics. That's not really what I get into. I talk to them a lot about, you know, this is what bullying is and this is how it impacts you. But ultimately... We, get, we have to decide at some point in our life, whether we're in middle school, whether in high school, college, or as an adult, that we are not going to allow other people mistreating us to define how we see ourselves and how we love ourselves. That's really one of the key messages to, to the young people in, in, in these environments is that, that you have to st stand up for yourself to yourself. You know, like you were saying, getting into sports and, or, or activities, different things are all great things to build your self-image. But ultimately that bully, the person who's bullied, that's exactly what's been shipped from them. And they have to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up for myself. Not I'm going to go fight them, but I'm going to do this anyway. And it's going to make me feel good about me. And I'm going to like who I am. And that that's really one of the concepts of personal revolution is to, to realize that you matter. And then I also challenge the audience to say, you know what, you have an obligation. If you if you don't understand what someone's going through, you have an obligation as a member of our community to yep. tell them that they matter. So I get all the kids up on their feet and say, you know what? They matter, and they get all chanting. It's pretty moving, Johnny, to see these young people tell the, these peers, you matter. Even if you don't feel like it, you matter. Because sometimes that, that's what they need to hear, someone else to tell them. So whether you're bullied or not, you know that's a huge part of it. Can you believe it's way over an hour right wow. now? And um, I, I want you to take just a couple seconds mm -hmm. and, and give us a closing and, and how we can find you online sure. if we are a company. Mm -hmm. or we're a school, mm -hmm. we're educators, mm -hmm. how can they find you so you can come to their school facility and speak? Sure. Well, you can, my website's uh, joshuaspears.com, and my email is joshua at joshuaspears.com. I got a bunch of videos on there, uh, different, different clips of testimonials and such from different programs I've done. Um, the biggest thing that I bring to the audiences is I bring aha moments. I bring that moment of clarity where that kid realizes that he's not alone. And when I'm talking to teachers, I make them realize that, you know what, I had a kid just like him. And I do this because I have a strong passion for people. As you can tell, as me and Johnny have been talking, that this isn't just a hobby of mine. It's something that I've dedicated my career to. So it's very important to me. So if there's a need that you have um, in your in your school, if there's a need with your organization, um, I'd love to have a discussion because I, 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 I can customize my stuff too to, to fit your needs. But ultimately, it's all about showing people their value showing them the value of others and ultimately the value of their future. Joshua Spears, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the Outstanding Life podcast. And before I let you go, I want to share this with you. And it's called For You. Live each day as if it were your last. Build on the future and not on the past. Reach for the stars, but don't fall down. And get back up with a smile and not a frown. Dream big. There's no room for small. And no matter what, walk proud and tall. Don't wait for things to go your way. Go out and get them forever to stay. Never give up and never let go. Strive to be the best. Then they'll know. They'll know that you've become the best that you can be. Believe in yourself. That's all you ever did need. 
This is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, and have yourself an outstanding day. Thanks for hanging out with myself, Joshua Spears, on this week's Outstanding Life podcast. Thanks, Joshua. Thanks for having me.